0: folks. The Field and Garden podcast is honored to be partnering with the Growing for Market magazine. They have been publishing practical ideas and information for direct market flower and vegetable growers for over 31 years. All the articles are written by farmers who get their hands dirty and know what they're doing. The magazine is still on the same mission as when the flower farmer book author Lynn Bozinski founded this magazine back in 1992 to connect growers with the best ideas from other growers. There is dedicated flower content in every magazine, a decade's worth of back issues and over 1,600 archived articles from writers like Erin King, Gretel Adams, Pamela and Frank Arnowski, and Jonathan and Megan Lees, all available on the website. With 10 new issues every year available on paper, digital, or both, you're guaranteed to find something to fine tune your farm and growing for market. So if you do farmer's markets, CSA, farm stands, pick your own florist sales, or wholesaling, whether you're a commercial grower or you just want to grow like one, subscribe to Growing for Market for the nitty gritty details of growing, marketing, and the business of local farming. And I have a special offer for you. Use the coupon code WORKSHOP to get 25% off any subscription to the original Farmer to Farmer magazine at growingformarket.com. Hey friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Field and Garden podcast. It is your friend, Lisa Mason Ziegler, and I'm, I'm stoked that you're here. And friends, I don't know if you've realized this yet, but so often these podcasts are kind of a reflection of what is going on in life for me, or either maybe something I'm facing. And I just really... um appreciate you guys riding along for me sharing just kind of how I have learned to take hold of some of these good things and some of these challenges and even problems and kind of how I'm working through them because I will, you know, so often the comments and responses I get to some of these help me, you know, they help me to see things in a different manner and so I appreciate you being here. I mean that wholeheartedly. And if you're new here, um, welcome aboard. And you can learn more about the work that the Gardener's Workshop is doing over at thegardenersworkshop.com, where we just have tons of resources, friends. We have um, a bunch of free resources, videos, blogs. All the podcasts are kind of corralled over there. Um, as well as, I mean, information going back for years and years. And we also have our online garden shop where we virtually sell everything that you hear me mention and talk about. That's kind of our, our niche, friends, is that we just sell the same tools, seeds, and supplies that I use here on the farm, as well as my books. And of course, our online courses, Both the on-demand, which means you can buy them anytime, as well as our big schools, which just go on sale once a year at different times for just five short days. And you can learn more about that over there. And guess what else? We have launched a new live shopping show. Friends, the number one challenge that we hear from people, and because of my First-hand experience with a local customer led us to launch this live shopping show, and I'm just going to tell you about that really quickly. I, Suzanne, and I, my sister, our birthdays are in April, and every year we always go and have our toes done, pedicures. We don't typically have those done very often, but it's kind of like a, a seasonal thing where we say, all right, spring is coming. We got to get these dogs out of these shoes. We be- we better spiff them up, right? So we take a day as sisters, and because our birthdays are a day apart, um, and go and have our nails done. Well, we've done this for several years, and we go to the same place, and they all know us as the flower girls in there. And when we went this year, and we're sitting in the chair together, um, my girl, Julie, said to me, she's a gardener. Um, you know, she has a home, she loves flowers. We always talk about all this. She said, you know, I want to grow some stuff from seed, but I just cannot figure out which seeds to buy, which are the right ones for me. And so literally friends, I sat, Suzanne videoed it. I sat in the chair with her doing my feet and she gave me her phone and we went through the store, our store. And I said, well, what about this flower? This is what this flower does, and these are the colors it comes in. Which one would you like? And she'd say, oh, I want the red one in that or the orange one in that or the mixed or whatever. And, I mean, the struggle was real for her, and it just brought to the front of my mind how many people are facing that. So that's the basis of our live show is I'm sharing what's blooming, and so I can show you what the flowers look like, right? And then giving you some like tips to know when you should plant it. Um, and so anyway, join us. It's the gardener's workshop, live shop and show. And you can learn more about that um, on our website. And guess what else, y'all? We actually have a phone app that goes along with it, which makes the experience super easy um and a lot of dad gum fun. So check that out and without any further ado, I'll get on to what our subject is, but it's kind of all tied together, right? So today we're talking about laying the groundwork. And you know, every time I don't lay the groundwork, I can hear my mom in the background. Saying something like, Well, or my dad, did you do the homework on that? You know, what's the why and the how and all of those essential pieces that you need to do that? So we really pay the price when we skip that part of laying the groundwork. And I find this to be true, not just in business, but in family, in careers, in life um, in a job and savings accounts. Um, I mean, y'all, I'm just really, I'm probably one of the worst offenders for jumping. You know, you may have heard me mention that in the past that I'm a cliff jumper. And what I mean by that is no, I'm not jumping off cliffs y'all, not, um, it'd be essential walk to a side of a mountain and jump off, but I tend to see something that I think is just such a great idea and say, let's just do it without doing the homework. That is apparently one of the characteristics of entrepreneurs and dyslexic people. Um, That's kind of why entrepreneurs don't weigh (laughs) what the repercussions can be quite as deeply as some people do that's a good thing but it also can get you in a little bit of trouble but I have learned that trouble is okay. It's what you do with the trouble you create that makes a big difference right so that's what I'm talking about today um, is laying the groundwork because I bel- I'm a firm believer that groundwork sustains us through the storms of being a jumper can be and, Um, it is so true friends. If we haven't realized it after the last two and a half years of pandemic, that it's not if a storm is going to come, it's when the storm comes, how well prepared are we going to be? Um, and there are some storms that you truly cannot be a hundred percent prepared for, but we can give it. The good try, right? And I just can't tell you how much peace of mind. This is what makes me be able to sleep at night. You know, some people often say to me, oh my gosh, um, how do you do all the things that you do? How do you deal with it? Well, friends, first off, I'll say faith is a big part of it, or actually the first part of it that sustains me, but it's the rest of the pieces. It is by I have learned through years of not doing the groundwork and how um hard it was and how distracting it was and how um life changing it was for me to learn that there's a different way to ch- to uh, tackle doing whether it's business life relationships family whatever a career or just even Um, your job. So I started by putting numbers next to these things, but I'm not going to tell you numbers because I think that they're all reasonably uh, equally as important. First and foremost for me now is asking myself this question about everything. Why am I doing this I ask myself this again and again and again, and reminding yourself what the end goal is can really help you sustain the turbulence of today. And I never realized that way back when. I mean, golly day, this is like, I'll tell you about my business part of this, but I will tell you that um I see so many, we have so many young people in our family, um, the next generation. And I think I'm seeing this clear now because of my age. I see these young couples, you know, just getting married or seeking their way to getting um, married and finding their path. And it's just so interesting to me to watch how your expectations change. Um, you know, when you first get married, it's all about love and romance, right? You think, um, but I'm here to tell you friends, um, that may be what sparks it in the beginning, but to do the long haul, you have to come to the realization that when you take that step for marriage, it's about commitment and the term. um, it is not all rainbows and unicorns. It is, you know, about getting through the hard stuff. And when you realize that and do the groundwork, that's what gets you through the long haul. You know, I look at people, my in-laws have been married over 70 years, y'all. I can't imagine doing anything for 70 years, but I can now, you know, looking at them and I mean, getting through some incredibly rocky roads, um, tragedies and tough times and depressions and sickness and all kinds of stuff. And it was because they focused on their commitment, not on what was happening for the day. But I will tell you, um, for me in business, my why, what drives me, why do I do this all? You know, from the get-go, back not long after I started flower farming, did I start teaching, you know, doing programs, and it quickly became apparent to me. It became so clear so quickly that not only is my deepest passion teaching, sharing what I've learned, but that was what people were really drawn to. And I guess it's my style of teaching, which y'all, there is not a lot of fluff with me. Um, and some people need fluff. I hear it from people, you know, we get emails and questions, um, people looking for more entertainment value, um, looking for, um, that different experience. Um, but I'm really all about teaching where the rubber meets the pavement, it's like, because that's how I learn. It's like, all right, take all the fog away. Give me the black and white facts. Take the gray area away. I didn't realize it back in the beginning when I first started teaching. I can remember describing when I would be doing programs. um, You all I used to travel all over the country and do like 80 to 100 lectures, conferences, programs, all mixed kind of stuff every year. And one of the, you know, when I would tell the story of how I came to be doing this, I would say, you know, I really appreciated two people that really helped launch me into where I am is Lynn Bezinski, who wrote the Flower Farmer book, and then Elliot Coleman, who wrote the book, um, the new organic Market grower or new organic grower. And I would say they gave me the black and white steps to follow. There wasn't a lot of foo-foo. And so many other things that I had read or, you know, been drawn to was like, all right, get to the point. <laughs> right. And those two people just really cleared the way. And That was the teaching style that I actually, I guess, offer, right? And while I have a lot of other pieces of my business, here's the bottom line, friends, all those other pieces. So for me, the big why is that I thrive on teaching and sharing. All the other stuff that I do makes that piece possible. And we have had to find that equation that brings them all together. And so why am I doing this? Because I absolutely love helping other flower farmers and home gardeners and anybody learn how to grow flowers and then how to do it at whatever level you want to do. Are you growing flowers for church every week? We've got you covered. You want to build a business based on flowers? We got you. You know, if you want to become a flower farmer, come along for the ride. We have got you covered. So that is number one for me, even though I think the rest of these are really, really significant. Um, So the other thing, especially if you're building a business, is that I ask myself, is what is my risk tolerance? right? So I'm borrowing this from a financial gal that I read a piece this last week um, in the newspaper. It's Jill on money. She wrote a a piece that showed up. Yes, we still get the newspaper in my house. Um, Totally appreciate it um, and get so much information. Anyway, the title of her piece, Investor Panic Prevention Plan. And I'm not much of an investor, which she's writing about, But panic prevention plan is what caught my eye. And I borrowed, you know, her kind of headliner topics. And for us, for me as a commercial cut flower grower, when I ask myself, what is my risk tolerance? Think how brave and gutsy you are in the depths of winter shop and see catalogs. Oh my gosh, y'all, we could conquer the world, right? Um, in the middle of winter, we just can let stuff run away with us. All those beautiful images or photos that you're looking at, I mean, little do we, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to grow this. I'm going to grow that. Oh my goodness. I only grew a half an acre this year, but you know what? Next year, I am nailing it. I'm I'm going to go the full Monty. I'm planting the entire two acres that we have. When I hear people say that, I think, oh, I'll pray for you. (laughs) It is so easy to get overconfident. And then we hit the season. And now we are being overcome with weeds. We're having plant failures. Um, The deer are eating, which is happening to me right now, I cannot get a dadgum image of Godaisha for all the tea in China. I can grow some mean godisha, but the deer mow it down. They pass everything else in our garden. So you have you're having some kind of planting failure. Whether you can't, whether you've planted it in the wrong season, meaning cool versus warm, or a pest is getting it, or the deer are getting it, or whatever. You have now Facing in the reality that you spent X number of bucks on something that you can't even get it in a bucket, right? Or, you know, you have no customers. <laughs> you know, isn't that the million dollar question? So often we spend 90% of our time focusing on what we want to grow, how we're going to plan it, how many stems we're going to get, I mean, the numbers of questions that I get about growing so far outweigh how am I going to sell it? Where am I going to sell it? How am I going to have time to do all these other steps that are so incredibly um, a big piece, you know? And I will tell you that in flower farming school, my course, the basics, I think the people that take the time to really take in that course, realize it is not really about all the growing information, friends. It is the foundation that you build. How am I gonna set up my garden so that I can maintain it and plant successions and keep the weeds from taking me down, um, from figuring out that you don't have to plant it all the first year. You need to learn how to commercially farm and do it. And what is that? That means finding customers. You need to have a quite a list of customers to sell to, because guess what, friends? They don't all buy all the time. All it takes is an economic downturn to really learn how significant this is. That's why I always had my fingers in more than one market, meaning we did farmers markets, we did commercial customers, we did bouquet subscriptions, we had an on-farm market, Um, We did supermarkets. You know, you have to have a lot of different options on the plate if you're going to be growing a lot of flowers. And we should all know that you can grow a lot of crops in a very small space. You do not need acres to create good income. Um, You know, when the wedding and event market shut down on the pandemic, I saw some of my peers Pivot their business a hundred percent in like three weeks. They went through a week of crying and throwing up after they lost all of their events overnight. I'm talking about people that do hundreds of thousands of dollars a year doing farmer florist events, right? To pivoting their businesses to make a delivery service to deliver those petals and drop them off on the porches of everybody in their neck of the woods to use the flowers they had grown that had been designated for something else. Friends, what is your risk tolerance? Do you have the guts to face this? You better have a lot of options if you're investing a lot in a lot of growing a lot of flowers. Instead of that organically growing, and I'm not talking about, you know, no pesticides. I'm talking about the way that a business naturally grows bigger and bigger each year um, with controlled growth. Um, Instead of, you know, doubling what you're growing from one year to the next, especially if you're under four years of growing, four to five years, to take small leaps I mean, what makes me feel really good is to always have more demand than you have product. That's challenging for sure, but that is better than sitting in a room, a building full of buckets of flowers or a cooler full of buckets with nowhere for them to go. You know, so how are you feeling? This is where you have to realize what is your tolerance for risk. You have to really be a hustler and quick on your feet to make mighty big bites versus the slower process. We lose so many potential great cut flower growers because of this one step. They jump big and then they don't have the gut for it. The next thing I'm going to talk about, which is kind of having a plan in place and the components of that plan um, make this step doable. I should have actually probably talked about a plan before I talked about this, but I didn't. So for me, having a plan is the part that lets me sleep at night. So with that said, let's just jump over to a plan. So I'm not, I mean, it is a big business plan, but it's not the The classic business plan that I have heard um, that I see that people write, I mean, it's that classic, the first plan that you write when you start going into business, it is that, but it becomes so much bigger, friends, and it becomes so much more fluid as you grow your business. Um, I mean, part of my business plan is that seed starting calendar. What do I want to do this year? You know, I mean, there's, it just kind of becomes um super loose and ever ever changing. A part of my business plan that wasn't a part of my plan back when I first started was how significant having a savings plan for your business. Um one of the books that I recommend in my course that I happened upon way back when, but it was like I cannot even remember the name of it, y'all. I'll put it in the show notes basically the book says, don't focus. Most people want to read books about how to build a business that succeeds. This book was about, you know, the things that make businesses fail. And one of the things in that book was not having a savings plan. And when you're bootstrapped from the get-go as I was, that's not always at the top of your list. And the suggestion in this book is is that from the minute you sell something, that you start saving 5% of your income. You just set that aside. And then after 20 months of being in business, which is only a year and a half, you then have, you know, you have a nice stack of cash. And friends, I cannot tell you how significant that peace of mind is when you hit troubles like a pandemic, like having a, you know, it's like the people that when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, I could tell the difference in the people that had a backup account and those people that didn't. They were both devastated, but the ones that didn't were frantic. That's what having a backup plan does for you. It buys you time to regroup and to pivot. I hate that word pivot now since the pandemic, but to to flip your business to something else. And it is not always easy to do that, but you just have to make that, you know, I'm just here to tell you that how many times was I just a mess? way back when, when there wasn't. The other part of my plan, I live in five-year increments of business. And I've just started a five-year increment last, you know, what year is this? This is 2022. And so I started into a five-year plan here recently. And, you know, where the beginning of my growing life, you know, was always about growing more, growing more different stuff finding more customers always. I mean, I. you're only as good as your last sale, friends. I am here to tell you that is so true. You might not think that you're a salesperson, but you are. If you're doing anything in business, whether you are a psychiatrist, a flower farmer, or a welder, you have to constantly be reselling yourself um, to keep the door flipping, but open and closed, open and closed, right? So, Back in the beginning, I was always looking at how I could grow more, how I could um reach into more markets. And then for me personally, of course, as my business evolved and I kind of, you know, had used up all of my land, meaning I've grown to the very edges of my land. I don't now, but I did during those high production years. And I knew that I couldn't continue to do that for a whole nother talk of reasons. Then you pivot your business, and that's what I did That's was really the beginning of how I started talking well, actually, I started doing programs during the winter when I was in high production. but then, as I realized high production was not sustainable in my location for any long for much longer than what I was doing um, that's when I started looking to do other things, and that's when programs got ramped up, and when I ramped up programs that led. To the online garden shop. And then, as we realized that I could not keep up traveling 80 to 100 different times all over Kingdom Come, that's when we pursued online. Do you see what I mean? So, things are constantly evolving and changing. And, you know, back to that whole risk tolerance. If you are a person that puts your feet in concrete and it upsets you to not, to not be flexible, to be flexible, then business might not be your deal. You might just want to work in a really cool business. You know, we have created a culture here at the Gardener's Workshop that I feel pretty confident saying um, that our crew are kind of like me. We might, we work because we love. The whole bowl of soup. <laughs> you know, we love what we do. We love who we do it with. We love the mission of the business. Um, and, you know, your plan kind of plays into that. And so here, friends, if, if you, this is resonating with you, or you're saying, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. This is your wake up call to step back and punt, to stop the way you're doing it, or to slow the craziness down. Because here is the bottom line. Nobody else can do that for you, friend. Nobody else can say, all right, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. And every single one of us can say, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I do have or I don't have or whatever. Everybody can change the course for themselves. It may be much more difficult for some than others, but we can all find a way around. I know for me, when I woke up one day and realized I was growing too many different crops and that I was planting too much, for the workforce that I had, it's like, oh, you don't have to do it. I assume that we all did it that way, but I've learned that's not way everybody does it, y'all, at all. You know, I've, you know, see people saying and things, it's like, I didn't get through 24 years of being a flower farmer by doing it the way other people necessarily did it. I, in fact, did it really differently I did try, I guess for the first eight years, oh my goodness, I grew so many different things and spent a lot of money investing in crops that were definitely worth it if I'd have been set up better for it, but I wasn't set up better for it. So I literally went back to square A and repunted. And what I repunted was I explored the pool of annuals Growing from seed, inexpensive, friends, no matter how much the seed cost, low investment with the potential high return. And friends, you know what I figured out is that not only is there an unending pool of stuff you can grow, but I could sell it every stinking week to my customers over and over and over again because it was less volatile, less less investment, for me. And that gave me freedom and that freedom allowed me to pursue customers in a different way. And what I came to, the bottom line of that is that I grew customers into big standing orders that bought those crops from me. Do y'all hear Tucker snoring? That bought those crops from me week after week after week, which is what I found to be the root of my success. So I feel like I've been spending decades doing homework, friends, and through my experiences of overgrowing, overindulgence, coming back around, and there are some, I mean, well, there's a lot of people that, you know, this isn't their path, and, you know, the way that we teach, the courses that we offer, the products we offer, the way that my podcast, what the topics May not be for them. And I am all for that, friends. Why do you think we have Fords, Chevy's, Toyotas, Fiat's, Mercedes, BMWs? There are different brands for different folks, right? And you might not be a a Maserati person until you are 70 and you know you've gotten through life and you're you're in a really great place. Financially, and that's been your dream and you're going to reach out and grab it. You know what I mean? It's like we can evolve and change and laying the groundwork comes through life and experiences. And I also want to add, because this is kind of what happened to me, which led me to, to do this podcast. I'm finding myself right now, I'm in a real crossroads, friends. And there's just a lot of wonderful, good stuff going on. And after I say, yes, let's do this, then the reality of it hits me. And when the reality hits me, I just like everybody else can find myself sitting in a chair, scrolling and scrolling. And in my mind, I'm saying, I'm just looking to see what other people are doing. And that's true. You, if you're in a good place I can control and make social media a positive part, meaning I can learn from it. But social media will suck the focus out of your life. We'll say to ourselves, oh, I'm just looking to see what other people are doing. Friends, put a time limit on it. That's what I had to do. I had to like snap out of it, Lisa, come back. (laughs) And that's where I am today. Today is gonna be a really great production day for me. Yesterday was an awesome day in the garden with Bobo and Christine. We got so much catch-up work done um, and planting and preparing, and it brought my feet back down to ground. Um, I do believe I did repost yesterday um, on Facebook um, a saying that someone had written, and basically it says, you know, when you're facing hurt, pain, stress, Whatever it is, why do you think our grandmas knitted and did cross-stitch and garden jaw? Because making your hands busy with something good like that helps you to work through those things. Keeping it rolling around in your mind is painful, dangerous stuff. So if you're struggling right now, put the phone down and go out and garden. I wheelbarreled for um, three hours yesterday And it has fueled me back up. And I cut flowers last night that I wasn't supposed to cut. Um, I just did it because I wanted to. And so, friends, this has been one of a longer piece. But I want to say that doing the groundwork is what carries you through the storms. Um, With the plan, I clutch and cling cling to it when things are troubling me. It's really my rock that I go back to. And I actually wrote... To Jill, the Jill on I'll put her link to. I think it's Jill on Money. She she writes a syndicated column. I wrote to her to say, your article has just poured some concrete into my feet, my shoes, and brought me back down. Not on investing, but those steps that she shared. I just saw my business of me like panicking when I didn't need to panic. I just needed to be reminded that I had done the groundwork that I do have these backup plans in place and y'all, y'all know my motto. You got to be a little scared or you're not moving forward. So I keep, that's what I'm saying to myself over and over right now is, yeah, I'm supposed to be scared. This is not unplanned. This is not off script. This is the script of life. So friends lay the groundwork in whatever it is in life, whether it's your kids, your marriage, your farm, your garden, weed prevention. Now, there's some groundwork you could talk about, right? That's what it's all about. All right, friends, Tucker is waking up, so I better bring this to an end and wrap it up. Thank you for joining me today. It's helped me just to talk through it again. And friends, if you are enjoying my podcast, I would be so grateful for you to review the podcast on whatever app you listen to. That's what makes the apps show our podcast to people that are browsing. And the more reviews, the more people we get and to share my podcast with your friends. And, you know, if, again, if you're interested in what the work that we're doing, head over to the gardenersworkshop.com. Um, we are getting ready to head into. Flower Farm and School season, meaning Dave Dowing's class registers midsummer. Mine is at the end of summer. Um, and then they go on from there. And I just encourage you to sign up for our newsletter. Um, it's once a month, I'm sorry, once a week. It's called our farm news, and it's actually a bunch of headlines, y'all. Um, it's like 10 different choices a how to, a um, you know, how to do something, the the latest podcast, the latest blog, a highlight of some of our instructors. Um, so it really gives you a lot of options and it also keeps you up to date and brings you on board. And um, that's where you're not going to miss out on anything. So um, I will, that will also be below in the show notes. And friends, I just appreciate you joining me here today and head on over to thegardenersworkshop.com to learn more. Before we close out today, I wanna share a note um, from one of our online course students. Um, It's from Claire and she writes, Dear Lisa, I just finished your basic course and I am so grateful for the generous information you shared. Thank you for all your time energy to create and offer of resources like this to aspiring farmers gardeners and established farmers it was packed full of goodness i feel even more excited to take on my first season sincerely claire friends i'm sharing this note and others as you'll hear through time because i can't tell you how powerful encouraging other people are I mean we were the whole crew was so encouraged by Claire's note Um, we have many notes and I'm going to be reading them from time to time now and um, because it encourages you to encourage others and for others to encourage you right so we just wanted to share that with you so friends till we